Hey, good morning, Thrive, and welcome to week one of our brand new series we are calling Soundtracks. Today, Pastor David is speaking on those broken soundtracks we can have multiple times a day, such as fear and doubts and insecurities, and the three things we can do to overcome our overthinking. I am so excited to be starting this brand new series, so will you join me? Let's get excited, let's tune in, and let's turn up the volume as we get ready to learn today. Well, hey, good morning, Thrivers. Good morning, guests. We are so thankful that you took time out of your weekend to be here with us. Uh, we consider you very special guests. And, and I just want you to know right from the start, this is the kind of people we are. We're just a bunch of imperfect people becoming the church on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope and healing to the world. And my hope is this, that you experience something profound and life-changing today uh, that will make you want to come back and join us again next week. And that, that over maybe a, a period of a few weeks or, or a month or so that, that you'll go from feeling like a guest to feeling like your family. That's really my prayer for each and every one of you. Now, I, I want to start us off today by reading a verse that will kind of shape the conversation that we're going to be having for the next few weeks. Every week, we love to take time to read God's word. We love to take time, read God's word, the Bible. And, and I want to offer this encouragement and challenge for us over the next few weeks. Uh, I know we are very comfortable using digital media and using our, our phones for just about everything, but I want to challenge each and every one of us to bring our Bibles to church for the next few weeks and just see what a difference it can make. Like just holding it in your hands. There's something super awesome and special about holding and reading the physical Bible. There's something special about underlining and highlighting things in your Bible that stand out to you and, and maybe even writing a note in your Bible that kind of expresses something that God said to you. Now, be honest. How many of you, as I started saying that about your Bible, uh, maybe some of you are thinking to yourself, um, I can't write my Bible, Pastor. That's, that's like against the law, <laughs> right? Well, I promise you, you can read the Bible, write in your Bible. God's not going to smite you dead because if that were the case, I'd be dead right now because I love writing in my Bible. I love writing notes in there. So, Starting next week, can we just make it a deal, make it a challenge for us, whatever it works best for you, a challenge and encouragement to bring your Bibles. Maybe bring a notepad or something to write down some thoughts with. I think it'll really help us transform and, and change the way we see things. Instead of just taking my word for it, um, you're going to be able to see God's word for it. So let's do this. We're in Philippians chapter four, verse eight. I'm going to read right here. This is what it says. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what's true and what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Amen. Well, let's pray over the reading of God's word and our time together this morning. Well, Holy Spirit, we come to you ready to grow, ready to learn. Would you reveal to us any negative thoughts that have taken us captive and help us to replace those thoughts with, with things that will help set us free? Give us the courage to walk in obedience to what you show us today. Amen. Amen. Well, can I just say that technology is both a blessing and a curse? <laughs> Amen. How many of you guys are like, I'm right there with you? Um, well, here's the thing. I'm a music guy. I love music. I love listening to music, all different kinds of music. And one of the things I love to do is kind of like create playlists. And, and I love right now that like it's so easy to make a playlist, right? Uh, your, your Spotify account or your Apple Music account, you can just like select all the songs you love and put them on a playlist and just like listen to it for days. 
Now, but I'm curious, I'm curious kind of who we have here in the audience today. Um, when it comes to listening to music, when you were growing up, like your first kind of real memory of listening to music that you got to pick, how many of you listened on vinyl records? Like before it was cool again, like original vinyl record listeners, okay? What, what about eight track listeners, okay? few of you. Okay. What about cassette tapes? Cassette tapes. Yeah, that's my, that's my generation. Okay. Then we got the CD people. I uh, kind of cross over to that. And now of course we've got the digital, but how many of you guys have an original? I, uh, like, um, you've got your original MP3 player, right? Like, man, that was like revolutionary. Now some of you are like, well, haven't, hasn't music always been played on your phone? <laughs> no, it hasn't. Like what we have now is so amazing. And one of the favorite, one of our favorite things to do when I was a kid growing up was to try to make a mixtape, right? We call them playlists now, but really they were mixtapes. And what you had to do is you'd have your, your boom box, right? And they had to have the record button and you'd stick your cassette tape in the boom box. And then right when your favorite song came on the radio, you'd have to hit play and record at the same time. So you could get that perfect song. And then you had to do that every time you wanted to get the song on your playlist, right? Now, uh, most of the time you could probably get maybe five songs on a side and then you'd have to flip the tape over and record the backside. And you always wanted to try to like get it just right, lined up just perfectly. So there wasn't a lot of gap in there because you want to really get every ounce out of that. Now, if you were super fancy, you might get the extended play cassette where you could maybe squeeze one or two more songs per side. But, but really these, these mixtapes were a way for us to express how we were feeling and how we were thinking. And all you had to do was, if someone was wondering what was going on with you, you could just hand them that mixtape. You could hand it to them and say, hey, here's the soundtrack of my life right now. It's like the soundtrack of my life. Like, like if we were in a movie montage, this is the music that will be playing in my life. Now, musical soundtracks are powerful because they can encapsulate a moment of your life and all that was happening in your heart and in your life around that time. And here's the powerful thing about it is that we actually get to choose what songs are on there, right? Like we're not waiting for an algorithm that has no soul. No, we get to choose what songs play on that soundtrack. Now, what if I told you that there was a different kind of soundtrack that influences our lives? There's a different type of soundtrack that influences our lives. What if I told you that, that you have broken soundtracks for your thoughts about yourself and the world around you? that you have broken soundtracks and that these broken soundtracks are, are, are the negative thoughts that live rent-free rent in your brain. They live rent-free, no charge. They just get to hang out. These are the involuntary unhappy memories and they're the thoughts that, that we overthink about on a regular basis. We just keep rethinking and rehashing them over and over and over again. These are broken soundtracks they're, they're kind of like the one-hit wonders. They're kind of like the songs you'd never put on your, on your playlist or in your soundtrack. They're the kinds of things you wouldn't normally want to put on there. They're the one-hit wonders or those, those earworm songs that really aren't your favorite, but they just keep popping up and keep popping up in your mind. These broken soundtracks sound a lot like our worst fears, our greatest doubts, and our biggest insecurities. And these soundtracks are persistent and invasive because, honestly, fear doesn't take work. Doubt doesn't take effort. Insecurities don't require any planning. And so one of my favorite authors, John Acuff, wrote this book called Soundtracks. And he's talking about these invasive, broken soundtracks that, that, that by overthinking them, they keep uh, coming up in our minds on a loop. 
Now, here's what I love about John. He loves Jesus. Now, his books aren't overtly Christian, but, but they, they're full of spiritual insight if you're looking for it. And as I read this book, Soundtracks, I couldn't help but draw a parallel between overthinking these broken soundtracks and the lies of the enemy and how they're actually kind of two of the same thing. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we rarely overthink right decisions that we make. We, we rarely overthink compliments that are given to us or overthink successful interactions with other people. But we regularly will play these broken soundtracks that, that say things like, man, yeah, your boss may have said he really liked your project. But remember that one time when he said that, that your work wasn't up to par? He, he's not really telling you the truth. Your work is garbage. And that's a broken soundtrack that plays. Or, or maybe it's a soundtrack that sounds like this. You're, you, you tell yourself, my wife or my husband will not appreciate the work that I'm doing around the house because one time they, they questioned a project or a thing that you did. And so now you think, I always mess things up. You see, overthinking broken soundtracks is a tool that the enemy uses to keep telling us stories about ourselves and the world that are all lies. They're not actually the truth. Overthinking itself is not the problem. It's what we allow ourselves to overthink about that causes problems. And so I wonder if you're sitting here and you're already beginning to think of one or two broken soundtracks that you know that you overthink about. Could it be that those broken soundtracks are a tool that the enemy is using to keep you from living your life more like Jesus? You see, the enemy of our souls knows our memories carry great influence over how we live each day. So what the enemy does through overthinking is he takes advantage of how our brains work to build on the negativity of broken soundtracks that we have floating around in our minds. So what I want to do is I want to borrow a few thoughts from John Acuff. And, and I believe that the enemy uses these same kind of three ideas, these same three things to build on overthinking our negative broken soundtracks. So the first thing the enemy does to keep our brain overthinking about our negative soundtracks is this. He lies about our memories. Many of our broken soundtracks that we repeat over and over in our minds are what scientists call flashbulb memories. Flashbulb memories are dramatic experiences that create a vivid recollection in our heads. And so if I were to ask you where you were when JFK was shot or, or where you were when you, when, uh, you experienced 9-11 or, or even where you were just one year ago when the Capitol was under attack, you would likely have a very clear picture of where you were, who you were with, maybe what you were wearing, what you were eating. You would remember details. These are called flashbulb memories. And here's the thing researchers have discovered about our memories, though. They change over time. Now, many of you are probably like, yeah, that makes sense. They, they change over time. Sometimes we forget some details, right? In fact, what they found was there was a 60% decline in our memory consistency over time. 60% decline. And what's more amazing is that, that even as the accuracy of our memory decreases, the confidence in those memories, like our confidence in our ability to recall them correctly, our confidence in those memories does not decrease. Now, let me share an example of what that means or what that could look like. In 1986, I remember being in elementary school in third grade, and I was sitting in my class, third grade class, and I remember um, the Challenger space shuttle exploding. And I remember um, them kind of talking about it and, 
in our class and kind of helping us process that. Now, there were some college students whose professors decided they wanted to kind of conduct an experiment on memory. And so they asked every student the next day after this tragedy to write down every detail they could think of when they heard about this tragedy. Like think about where you were, who you were with, what you were eating, what you were doing, all of those things, write down as much as you can remember. And then three, year late, three years later, what they did is they, they asked these same students to write down those memories all over again with as much detail as they could remember. And what they found was pretty incredible. Can you guess how many of those students answered differently just three years later? Do you think it was 20%? 80%? 40%? Yeah, 40%. There's a 40% difference. Now catch this. When given their first account to read, those that answered differently all agreed that the handwriting on that first account was theirs, but they would not admit that their new answers were inaccurate. They wouldn't admit that their new answers, their new thing that they just wrote down three years later was inaccurate. In fact, many of them could not understand why they would have lied the first time they wrote down the information. They were so confident in their memory at that time. You see, flashbulb memories change the more that they are rehearsed. Think of it like this. If you've ever gone fishing or hunting, you know uh, the, the size of the fish or the animal gets bigger and bigger every story, right? First it started, I caught a fish that was this big, and then the next time it was this big, and then the next time it was this big, right? The more we rehearse it, the bigger it gets. And the enemy loves to use uh, overthinking when it comes to our negative soundtracks. He loves to have us rehearse those things over and over and over can you think of anything that gets more play in our minds than the mistakes and failures of our lives? We replay those things over and over and we can do nothing about them. And the more we rehearse these broken soundtracks, the more they morph and change and become so much worse than they were in the beginning. That's what the enemy tries to do. He lies about our memories. The second thing the enemy does to keep our brain overthinking about our broken soundtracks is this, confuse fake trauma with real trauma. Our brain struggles to separate what is real trauma and what is fake trauma. It will respond chemically the exact same way, whether you experience physical pain or social rejection. Your brain considers them the same thing. So what that means is this, whether you got smashed in the face playing dodgeball and broke your nose, or you were picked last to be on the dodgeball team, your brain treats both of those things as trauma and responds the same way. And the enemy likes to use that against us. He loves to inflate small inconveniences or minor misunderstandings by putting them on repeat over and over and over again so that we begin to believe that they are real trauma. And so we give them the power to influence our daily lives. Oftentimes a misunderstanding in, in communication with someone turns into a major offense. Something small becomes something so big because we replay it over and over and over and over again. The third thing that the enemy does to keep our brain overthinking about our broken soundtracks is believing what, is al what it already believes. You see, our brains are like magnets for information and experiences. They love to confirm things that we already think about ourselves and the world around us. So our brains latch on to the thing that confirms our belief, even in the face of new or more 
overwhelming evidence to the contrary. For example, let's say, let's say someone has a broken soundtrack that they are a disorganized person. They're a disorganized person and because someone at some point in their life had said that about them and they believed it. So on a particular day, they are three minutes late to pick up their children from school. And that experience only confirms what they already believe about themselves. But let if, what if we backed up from that moment and we looked at the whole day? What if that same person successfully got the kids up got them ready for school, made breakfast, packed their lunches, then dropped them off on time at school, then worked a full-time job, got all of their assignments at job done on time, made dinner, organized a soccer carpool for the calendar for the month, all in that same day. The overwhelming evidence to anyone else would say that this person is not disorganized, but to the person themselves, the enemy would keep lying to them and telling them this broken soundtrack of disorganization so they believe what they already believe. They latch on to the one thing that lets them believe what they already believe. That's how the enemy uses our thoughts. Now, here's the good news. I say all that to say that the enemy is a jerk, right? Satan is a jerk. He's a lying liar who lies, and he's a big fat jerk face, right? He loves using fear that accompanies broken soundtracks to keep us from living the life to the full that Jesus desires for us. But here's the good news. We serve a God who is bigger than our enemy. His truth is stronger than the enemy's lies. His soundtracks for us will give us life, more abundant, a life to the full. So, so let me share with you three actions that we can do to change overthinking from a super problem to a superpower. To change our overthinking from a super problem to a superpower. The first thing we can do is we can break the cycle of overthinking our broken soundtracks. Is by doing this, we need to confess that we have broken soundtracks, that we have thoughts that are negative that are not from God. We have thoughts that we ruminate on and we play over and over in our minds. We don't have to be held captive by the enemy's use of overthinking about our broken soundtracks. This is going to take some inner work. It's going to require asking the Holy Spirit to reveal them to us. We're going to have to pay attention to the things that we think about ourselves. We need to claim the truth of Scripture that says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 5. We demolish, uh, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So anything that sets itself up against what God says about us, we take captive so take time to ask yourself, do the soundtracks that I hear on a regular basis, do they set themselves up in contrast to what God says about me? And if they do, that is a broken soundtrack to confess to God. The second thing we can do to break the cycle of overthinking our broken soundtracks is this. Focus on healthy soundtracks. Focus on the healthy things. The Bible is full of healthy soundtracks that give wisdom and insight that we can apply to our hearts and to our minds. For example, in Philippians 4.8, I read it earlier. It says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Do what? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Here's the deal. The truth of God will always lead us to a place of fulfillment and joy, not emptiness and despair. And so if you have broken soundtracks that make you feel worse about yourself, make you feel more despair about your life, then that is a broken soundtrack and God wants you to replace it with things that are admirable and praiseworthy. 
the good things, the good soundtracks. The third thing we can do to break the cycle of overthinking, our broken soundtrack is this. We can learn new soundtracks. Okay? We can focus on the healthy ones, but we have to learn them. And we do that by repeating them over and over. We don't have to be willing subjects to the broken soundtracks that overthinking wants to play rent-free in our minds. We don't have to live like the world, overthinking all of the negative broken soundtracks of the enemy. Paul reminds us that our minds can be made new. You see, we have to think about those soundtracks, but we have to go one step further and we have to learn those new soundtracks. I remember when I was a kid, man, if I wanted to learn a song, I'd record it and then I'd play it over and over and over again. Like I would wear that tape out. You know what I mean? So this is what it says. In God's word, it says, don't copy the behavior of cu- or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will for you is. His what? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's not a broken will. It's not a bad will. It's not a will that's going to tear you down. No, it's his good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. We've all been given a choice. We can either keep allowing broken soundtracks to control our thoughts and actions, or we can let God transform our soundtracks. We can let God show us and help us learn the new soundtracks for our lives. So here's the big question. What if, what if we took back the gift of overthinking from the enemy by retiring our broken soundtracks, by replacing them with new ones and repeating them until they are as automatic as the old ones? What if we just made that our goal? Over the next few weeks, we're going to take a deeper dive into how we begin to do the hard work of replacing our old broken soundtracks. But the first step for all of us is to surrender, not just our thoughts, but our whole lives to the one who knows us better than we know ourselves. And so I want to take a moment and pray for those who have made a decision to follow Jesus. You're, you're walking with him, but, but maybe you've, you've allowed some of those broken soundtracks to play nonstop in your mind. And so it's been affecting your walk with Jesus. And, and the enemy, Satan, wants to keep our thoughts stuck on the past, replaying things that we've already been forgiven of so that he can He can keep us from doing the things that God has called us to do. So this morning, maybe some of you have some unhealthy soundtracks that you've been playing in your mind and you recognize that. I want to pray for you by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your heart and mind that you'd be able to retire these broken soundtracks, that you'd learn new God-given soundtracks to replace them with, and that he would give you the courage and strength to repeat those new soundtracks until they become second nature. Would you join me, bow your head and close your eyes as I pray for you, church. Holy Spirit, we know that you have been given to us to help us, to counsel us, to comfort us, and to speak the truth to us. So today we ask you to help us recognize the broken soundtracks that we've been held captive by. We ask you to break the loop of negative overthinking and replace it with the truth that brings spiritual freedom. And now as we continue in prayer for just a few more moments, I wonder if there's anyone here who would say, Pastor, I know I totally relate to these negative, repetitive soundtracks. I overthink about them all the time. I feel like I'm held captive by them with no way to escape. I want you to know that today you, there's good news for you. You can escape these negative, broken soundtracks, but it starts with allowing Jesus to come in and cover your sins with his forgiveness that he made available to you through his death on the cross, his burial for three days, and his resurrection from the dead. 
And when you confess that you are a sinner and that you believe with all your heart that he is Lord, you are saved. And from that moment on, Holy Spirit begins to do a work in you that includes changing the way you think about the life that you're living here on earth. If you want to start an internal work of replacing your old life with a new life in Christ, would you do me a very brave thing with every head bow and eye closed? Just lift your hands to the air. Lift your hands to the air. Now, Thrive, would you say this prayer with me as those who are saying this for the first time? Heavenly Father, I confess that I'm a sinner. I believe your son Jesus died for my sins so that I could be restored and have relationship with you. Today, I choose to be a disciple of Jesus. Will you help me to replace the negative soundtracks that hold me captive with new, healthy soundtracks that set me free. I want to live for you today and all of my tomorrows. Thank you for giving me new life. And now you have all of mine. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to take some time to really reflect and ask the Holy Spirit to continue to speak to us as our worship team comes and leads us in another song for just a few more moments. Hey, thanks again for joining us for Thrive Online this week. For more information about our church, go to thrivesquim.com and fill out a connection card. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week, either in person or right here on the Thrive Online Podcast.